What is up, football fans? Welcome back to another episode of Pound the Pigskin, where it's all football all the time. It's your host, Steve Hillen, along with your fellow host, Alex the Marine Ruiz and Matt Bear Kaczynski. Boys, I know we're all fired up tonight, aren't we? That is an understatement. Probably understatement of the year. <laughs> yes, let's do it, baby. Let's do it. Let's dive. Let's dive in. We're going to get into some topics tonight. Uh, continue our all-time team selections. We're going to um, we're going to give our opinions on a uh, on a pretty interesting. Granted, it, the the clickbait title is bold predictions, so obviously you got to be a little out there. But we're going to get into a column that we found on NFL.com where. Uh, the three of us definitely have uh, have some opinions and want to weigh in on the column that was written, and then we're going to dive into our um, division series as we look at the into the NFC South this week, which um, I think that has been anticipated uh, for a little bit, and there's been some some kind of uh, recent developments today too that that uh, kind of relate to that division. So we're going to start off. Um, I, I got to say, first and foremost, boys, I'm fired up. I'm wearing my new Pound the Pigskin podcast T-shirt. Um, got it from the designdujo.com. I'm going to put that link up on our Pound the Pigskin Facebook page. I'll post it on my Twitter account, at Stephen C. Hillen. Um, so if you're interested in uh, getting, us, um, getting a shirt from us, go ahead and, um, and uh, follow the links. Click the link. And uh, that'd be that'd be a great way to support the podcast. Um, I also want to say that uh, it's it's pretty damn comfy. Uh, it's kind of like wearing a, a blanket. So Alex, I know you ordered you ordered yours. Yeah, but, uh, it's it's mine. pretty comfy. I got I got one in uh, I got one in white and one in gray. Uh, this athletic heather gray, I guess it's called. It's comfy, and I'll tell you what, man, our logo on the back. It looks sharp. I'm, I'm. It's sharp as a fucking tack. I'm not gonna lie. Sweet. <laughs> I'm good with that. I, I got mine coming in the mail so, soon. Yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, like I said, I'll put that link up on our Pound the Pigskin Facebook page. Um, for anybody who wants to support the support the podcast, we we greatly appreciate it. So, before we get going, though, obviously we've got to uh, start off the show with our drink of the night, as we always listening we hope that you drink responsibly and that is the sound of my um my budweiser being cracked open um i've got an oil can in my hand so we're gonna go bud heavy tonight all right right. yeah you know um you know i'm sitting here kind of doing the same thing i'm not drinking budweiser um i actually can't drink budweiser funny story uh but i i I gotta make you sick what happened (laughs) So we, um, me and a couple of buddies, uh, for, I think I was my, okay. So it was my 21st birthday. I was in Afghanistan. I didn't get to have like a, you know, like a real beer or whatever. So when I came home, uh, a couple of my buddies decided that they were going to take me out. So we went down to the, the, the bar down at Jack's beach. And, um, the first drink of the night that I had was Budweiser and it was on tap. Um, I don't know if it was something I ate before or if it was just the Budweiser, but it was the first alcoholic drink that I had had and it took all of five <laughs> minutes and I literally foamed. I, I felt like, I'm not kidding you. I went to the bathroom and was just like burping up foam 
almost like throwing up. It was, it was insane, man. Like I, <laughs> so ever since then, I just, I've never picked up a Budweiser. Um, right. Yeah, can't it was weird. Me. Everybody's got, everybody's got <laughs> that story of that drink or that beer or whatever that they just can't do because it's Yeah, man, it was crazy. Before. Like I, I, I don't, I don't understand it, but <laughs> I'm drinking Bud Light um, seltzer tonight. I got some black cherry. Okay. My least, my least favorite flavor. So I'm, I'm pounding these to get them out of the case. <laughs> I mean, do what you got to do there, buddy. That's right. Yeah, man. Sorry to disappoint everybody. Mine's not too thrilling tonight. I'm just drinking a Miller Light. That's that's Ew. okay. That, it will be light. Yeah, we don't always have to have thrilling, but it's got to be refreshing, did you, right? Did you just turn your nose at a Miller Light? So, uh, so we'll uh, painful. <laughs> hey, Mil- Miller Light, you know, is is my thing. <laughs> No kidding. <laughs> that or Miller High Life. The oh champagne. yeah, the, champ, the champagne baby. Gotta gotta love some champagne. So um, let's uh, let's continue where we uh, where we started last week, boys. We had our our uh, beginning of our all time team build. Uh, to recap, Alex, Matt took quarterback Tom Brady. I took quarterback Joe Montana. Today we're gonna go ahead and. We're going to select our running backs for our all-time team. We're each going to choose two running backs. Um, Alex is going to choose one of his first, then Matt, then myself, and then we'll go back. Um, and uh, we'll we'll start the process over again. So, Alex, you're gonna you're gonna go first with your running back selection, and. Uh, I'm sure it probably won't need much defending. No, it won't, man. Um, I know we're talking about running backs and and all of that good jazz. Um, so my guy, I mean, he's a he's a running back, but he's not really a running back. Uh, it probably tips off Here who I'm talking. Probably tips off who I'm talking <laughs> about right now. Um, but I like the big. I like the big dude, man. He was. He was healthy the entire time he played. He set records. Uh, you know, he was an eight-time MVP, uh, or no, excuse me, eight-time All-Pro, three-time MVP. I mean, he's not the top running back per se in the NFL in terms of history, but I think he's probably one of the more versatile guys, and he's somebody I would want up front for my number two running back, uh, and that's Jim Brown. All right. So you got yourself a more of an old-school guy with – Paired up with your new school, more, uh, more of an old school fullback that was used as a running back. There yep. you go. Well, you can't you can't argue Jim Brown. He was. Um, we've talked about generational talents on this show. Um, if you get onto Pro Football Reference and you look at the um, the Hall of Fame rating index scores, uh, his score is a one eighty two point seven, which is second all time for running backs. Uh, so, yep. so you can't argue. So, Matt, who do you, who do you got now that you can't pick Jim Brown? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a good pick. Don't get me wrong. You know. Um, Sorry. <laughs> just saying. Um, I like it actually. I'm actually. I didn't think you're going to go that route. I'm not going to lie. So I'm a little surprised. I like it though. I like. Um, I like the pick too. I didn't. I didn't think that yeah. he would be the first one. But I'm glad. Yeah, I, I didn't think you're going to go old school right out of the gate like that, but I like it. I can respect that much so. Um, 
I feel like we're having almost like our Mount Rushmore conversation all over again. But uh, I got to pull a dude from my Mount Rushmore, and it shouldn't be a surprise. Maybe for the team he played on in the NFL, it is. But I got to get up to my boy Emmett Smith. Yeah. He, yeah. I knew- give me him all day in the backfield. Let me let me roll with him, and give me TB twelve. Yeah, we're done. I, I got it in the bag. I mean, to me, I I don't know. I just love Emmett Smith, regardless of him being a cowboy or not. It is the Jimmy Johnson era Cowboys, so he gets a pass because Jimmy Johnson's the man. Um, there you go. But yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm, I'm going Emmett Smith. Guy can pound a rock. He can. Uh, he's got versatility out of the backfield in terms of where you can use him. He's not just a straight pound a rock. You know, pound it up the gut. He can dance outside a little bit. He can make guys miss. Uh, he can catch the ball outside of it too. Um, I wouldn't say it's his like, you know. Definitely not his skill set. I wouldn't say it's his, not his forte, uh, but he can certainly do it. He can still do it, though. I mean, he didn't have – you know, he definitely put up some decent receiving numbers during his career, not really on the touchdown side of it. Um, but it was a change of pace. It was how they used him with, you know, Aikman and all that. But, Absolutely. Um, well, listen, you, yeah. can't, you can't argue with the all-time leading rusher in NFL history, right, with over – I mean, give me all them yeah, yards. Yeah, I mean, over 18,000 yards for Emmett. He's got he's – got, uh, all-time leader in yards and rushing touchdowns. Um, you know, Jim Brown is is twelfth uh, all-time or eleven. Yeah, but that's. Um, but even for a guy back then, twelve thousand yards. So I mean, listen, you can't argue. Like I said, there's no argument to be to be made. I there. thought Alex was going to pick him. To be honest, I actually thought Alex was going to. I thought him, Alex so. was going to go with Emmett as well because he Me. was a Gator and he's just exactly. He's just not- See, I, look, man, I wanted, I wanted to, but I, I told, I told, I explained it when I did it. I want, I want the big boy for my number two. That's that, that's, that's where I'm going that's, with this. That's perfectly fine. So I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll make my first selection. This is going to shock absolutely nobody. Um, but give me Ladanian Tomlinson every day that ends in a Y. Yeah, <laughs> I almost yep. took first, but you know, I, I, I want the pounder off. Yeah, guy. no, and and I have more of the the all purpose, a little bit do everything back. I mean, the guy caught a hundred freaking passes in a season one year. He's you know he's sec he's second all time in in rushing touchdowns behind Emmett Smith. He's seventh all time in total rushing yards with over thirteen thousand. I mean, you know, he played he played nine years with the Chargers, one year with the Jets before he hung it up. Um, I'm so glad that we drafted him and not Michael Vick with the first overall pick. Um, we traded out, took Tomlinson at five, took Drew Brees in the second round. But um, he's been my he's been my favorite player uh, of all time. He just happened to be on my team, which makes it even better. Um, so that that's my guy. I don't need to get into my man crush. <laughs> <laughs> so Alex, we're gonna we're gonna oh, go man. back we're gonna go back to you. Who completes your all time backfield? I mean you got you got Jim Jim Brown back there already. Yep. Uh <laughs> I think you guys might be a little shocked here because this isn't I'm not going fresh like as much as I want to get you know some of guy kill you, dude. If you... <laughs> these these young guys that are out there that are just doing amazing things. No man. I wanted a complimentary back there, number two, next to next to Jim Brown. I think, um, you know, these two guys, if I'm not mistaken, they played against each other. I can't remember. Oh, so you talk about two um, guys, two guys back in uh, the early days of the NFL, then. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for me, man, I don't, I don't. I think they no, they started playing it. 
I can't remember if they played against each other or not. I think they did. Um, but my number two, my number two running back is Walter Payton. Oh man, sweet. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, he's got right. more. See, he's got more rushing yards, obviously, because he was actually used as a running back. Um, he wasn't used as a fullback in those short yardage situations. You know, Jim Brown had the twelve thousand, almost thirteen thousand yards. This guy's got sixteen thousand, almost seventeen thousand rushing yards. He's got friggin' forty five hundred receiving yards. He's got a hundred plus rushing. And touchdowns. he's got one of the best nicknames of all time. So there you go. Yeah, you man. Win, you win the argument there. <laughs> so for me, sweetness was my number two. Well, listen, uh, your your backfield's got Jim Brown and Walter Payton, man. That's that's a that's a heck probably of a two combo. Yeah, that's, that's gonna be it's gonna be a nice little one two punch for me when it comes down to so it. I, I I I like <laughs> I like what you got there. I I think I know who Matt's gonna take, but I'm gonna let Matt say it. Actually, I'm kind of interested. Oh, okay. It. You, uh, you want me to throw my guess out there before you say it, Matt? You want me to throw my uh, guess? No, you know what? Don't do that. So I had – this was a hard one for I'm not going to lie because I had thought on this a lot. Um, yeah, this is going to sound like I've got two guys that are not really going to be able to do a whole hell of a lot of, in terms of being versatile out of the backfield, but I don't really care because I'm going to pummel you and they're going to just kick your ass and take your name. I'm going to go old school. I'm going to go with a running back that really doesn't have prolific numbers but ran prolific for the way he did it. Oh, He's a guy. He's a guy from an older era. Okay. So – I'm going in that route. I got to share out for the old school. I actually forgot that his nickname was this until I looked it up, but it makes me like him even more. I'm going to go with the Sundance kid, uh, Mr. Larry Sanka. Wow. What a, what a pick. <laughs> never, never did I see that one coming at all. Give me Larry Sanka, baby. He's one of my favorite running backs of all time. So you, you, I can't put him on a Mount Rushmore because of his, he just doesn't have the numbers. And I know that's a terrible thing to like, only use that for Mount Rushmore, but when you're talking about Mount Rushmore type stuff, you have to have numbers. He has the Super Bowl, but and he's a Hall of Famer, but his numbers are low. But give me him and Emmett Smith; they're going to literally punch you in the mouth. That's that's you're definitely going to be you're definitely going to be rough and tug um, and and tough. There's no doubt about it. Zonka with a little over eight thousand yards rushing. I I mean, you know, I'm surprised. You think I was going? I'm surprised um, because. The guy that I'm going to take now uh, was the guy I thought you were going to take. So I had two. So the guy that, I, the guy that I'm not going to take. He was actually my other pick. I'm not Sanders. going to take. Marshall Falk was the guy I was going to go with because of his catching. There you go. I'm going to take Barry Sanders. There it is. Um, yeah. I, was, I thought that's who you were going to take. He was my number two, and now I'm, now I'm going to get him. <laughs> um, if I wasn't going to get – if I wasn't going to get um, – Barry Sanders, because uh, because you took him, I would have taken um, a little um, a little change of pace from from Tomlinson, who's kind of the the do everything guy, and give me more of the I'm gonna run over you, around you, through you. It would have been Eric Dickerson. Um, okay, but because he's there, I'm I'm taking Barry the human joystick. Um, I'll have Tomlinson and Barry Sanders um, in my backfield. And if we ever decide to go two backs in my West Coast offense with Joe Montana, who, who runs tons of split back stuff, uh, have, have fun with Good that. Luck. Good luck. That's- yeah, that's tough. See, I thought of, like, who's going to be – who's going to give me that stability in the run game 
to assist a true passer in Tom so Brady. So you know what's so. funny that you bring that up, Matt, is the way that these teams have been built so far, we're, we're building them for a specific type of scheme. You've got Alex, yeah. who's got Drew Brees, um, with Jim Brown and Walter Payton. He's got thunder and lightning in the backfield, but he's got Brees, who's your, it, your it, precision guy. You've got Brady, it. who's now got Emmett Smith and Zonka, who's got more of the power run game. And I've got my yep. West Coast – uh, I've got my West Coast spread going with Montana and Tomlinson and Sanders. Yep, definitely. So that's that's interesting. Um, I don't think anybody could argue. Um, you know, running back in the NFL is such a freaking loaded there's position. So, I, there's so I many. mean, let's face it. Uh, you know, Frank Gore right now is still playing. He's third all time in rushing yards. He somehow still Peterson is fifth all time in rushing yards. Curtis, my favorite, Martin is sixth all-time in rushing yards. You've got the bus who's eighth all-time. Dickerson is ninth. Dorsett is tenth. That's the that's the top ten. All of the top 16 rushers in the NFL are all in the Hall of Fame or they're currently playing and will be in the Hall of Fame. So the, the highest guy who, in terms of rushing yards, that is not in the Hall of Fame yet, and it's a shame he's a he's a Gator, but it's Fred Taylor. He's got over he's got over eleven thousand yards. He's seventeenth all time. He's not in the Hall of Fame yet. Maybe one day. Uh, he, I think, unfortunately, has the stink. And no offense to any of my really good friends that I know may be listening. He just has the stink of the Jaguars with him. And I hate to say that, but it, it I, for whatever reason, it like taints it. And I don't get it because they that era Jaguars are. Highly, I mean, talented. that was when they were good for crying out loud. The elite, the level of talent on that team, yeah. none of those guys should ever be overlooked because of who they played for. Like, all those guys who are eligible for the Hall of Fame should get into the Hall of Fame, yeah. I mean, because they're all Fred Taylor and well Sally and Jimmy Smith. I mean, those guys were yeah. elite guys, but I'm not, they're elite talent, yeah. You're gonna tell me that Fred Taylor wasn't an elite running back in his oh, dude, he was, he was amazing. I mean, as a, as a kid watching him in the swamp, it was awesome. He's he was a monster. Yeah. He was phenomenal. Yeah. So we've like, got we've got ourselves though one one heck of a backfield duo with Jim Brown and Walter Payton, Emmett Smith, Larry Zonka, Ladanian Tomlinson, Barry Sanders. Next week we're gonna pick uh, our wide receivers. Uh, so Alex, you'll be on the clock first. Yeah. Wide How many are we doing? Three. We're only doing two three. wideouts. We're only gonna do two. We're only doing three. We, I mean, we can do three. I have no issue. I have no issue with that. How about we do this? I love that we're hashing this out on our podcast. That's <laughs> phenomenal. Um, why don't we just do two as your starters, and then you have a backup third that could be used as like a slot or a uh, another option, just yeah. because wide receiver is so deep as well. Yeah, we can we can pick three. I don't I don't have any any problem. Okay. No no issues there. So we'll we'll do that. Not a. Not a big deal at all. But next week we'll do wide receivers. Alex, you'll pick. You'll pick first. We'll do it the same way uh, we did this week. So you'll have your. Uh, you'll have your first pick at wide receiver. Uh, so not not a um, not a hard choice, I would imagine. But let's uh, nope. let's focus now on uh, something a little different. We had um, now. Listen, I'll I'll preface this by saying everybody is is allowed their opinion and you know if you're a professional writer you obviously have to write things that you're going to get people to click on and read so this is not to say that adam sheen is not a professional but he wrote a bold predictions for the 2020 nfl season 
And all I'm going to say is the guy is definitely smoking something really good. Um, Because even with bold predictions, these are just idiotic. So we're going to we're going to go through them. He he came up with just nine, but there are nine that um, definitely uh, shook me. They're terrible. Yeah, they 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 shook me. (laughs) They shook me. So number one, let's let's just get right to the chase here. Number one, give me his job. They're probably paying him way too much money. Yeah, way too much to please pay me to do that. Listen, I could come up with these trash opinions so easily. This banjo kasooie buffoon wrote in his in, in his in his bowl predictions he's got the patriots will collapse in 2021 and have a top or will collapse in 2020 and have a top five pick in 2021 he says and i'm not just gonna i'm just gonna paraphrase it he says that their schedule and this season in foxborough has five and eleven written all over it and that's and that's if everything breaks right and then he puts the cherry on the fucking top of the of the whipped cream (laughs) By saying right now he thinks that the Sad Cats here in Jacksonville, the Patriots, and the New York Football Giants are the three worst teams in the NFL right now. That and that is literally the last sentence of that of that paragraph. It's like how do you how do you as any sensible sports fan? Actually, no. Let's let's go even deeper. As any sensible football fan, how do you read that last sentence and then want to continue to the other eight bold predictions? Yeah, like. Bro, first off, five and eleven. Like, look, Tom Brady is the goat. I get it. I picked him as my all-time quarterback. I, like, trust me, I like Tom Brady, but he's not the only thing that made the Patriots good. There's still a guy named oh, I don't know, um, Bill Be- Belichick. Is that his name? Belichick. That's right. Chick? Do you not know his name? <laughs> like, come on, like, are dude? Like, how? Yeah. I- if Belichick retired and Brady left, I'd go. Okay, maybe we're gonna watch. A, a real true collapse of the Patriots, or some degree of that, but no, nah. they're gonna Trash. they're gonna come back to earth. But I don't know if five and eleven with a top five pick is uh, is in the cards for them. And and like I said, so that part was just guys an imbecile. Yeah, that part was just asinine. And then the fact that he's already got the Patriots and Giants as the three worst team, as two of the three worst teams. The Jaguars may be, so I can't I can't argue with that. But he's got the Patriots and the Giants as the other two teams that he thinks are the three worst in the NFL right now. I don't know about you guys, yeah. but there's even, there's some teams that look sad right now. I don't even think the sad cats are even teed up to be a top three worst quite. Like they may sit like six and ten. Yeah, you're be, absolutely right. Minshew like, Magic could sprinkle that not, fairy dust and they could be they're not instantly. Yeah. They're not I, instantly I top. Get out of here. Listen, it, it's an asinine first one. The second one, he's got Raiders running back. Josh Jacobs is going to win the rushing title. There's no chance in hell. There's too many teams that have a feature back that they feed the rock to more. The Raiders, I don't care. They've got Carr at quarterback. They just used a first-round pick on a wide receiver. They're going to sling it too much for Jacobs to, to lead the NFL in rushing. So I, there, I just don't see it. He's a, he's a good player. Uh, he had a great rookie year. Obviously, he didn't have as much tread on the tires coming out of Alabama as other running backs had in the past, but no, no chance. He he's competing with Derrick Henry, Saquon, Zeke, McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Nick Chubb. There's just way too many guys that are going to tote the rock more. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that's that's a hard hard fact there. I mean, I mean, you got 
Jason Garrett now over in New York. And I know everybody's going to think this is a biased opinion, but I mean, let's, let's talk about this. We're two years removed from Saquon Barkley being one of the, having one of the greatest yeah. seasons a running Saquon, back has ever had. In my the bold NFL. prediction, Saquon's going to get over 2000 all purpose yards this year. That's my bold. Oh prediction. yeah, absolutely. Without a doubt. I think, I think he's going to see, you're going to see more use of him than any other, any other running back the giants have ever used. And that's simply because we've, we went and pulled a running back coach that he's familiar with. We went and got Jason Garrett. We're bolstering our offensive line. I mean, we're doing everything we can to make it look like we're going to protect Daniel Jones. But in reality, we're just going to give that ball to Saquon and say, dude, this is your team. Yeah, go be the do man. Do what you got to do, that's, man. That's right. Let's not we're, forget that there's also a guy named, oh, I don't know, Ezekiel Elliott, uh, Derek Henry even. Uh, no, uh, no. Calvin Cook. I mean, they're good. They're good, but they're not going to be. They're not going to do what Saquon's going to do this year. I'm not, no, no, no. I didn't argue that. I'm just arguing rushing that title. Josh Jacobs yeah. isn't guaranteed this rushing title because don't get me wrong. I think the kid's legit. He's going to be very good for a good amount of time. But yeah. come on, Nick Chubb is poised and ready to just pounce on getting yeah, his name. If there's if Roy there's anybody back. that's ready for a rushing title, it, it's gonna the sleeper would be I think, would be Chubb with the way the Browns even built that line. They want to make sure yep. Mayfield doesn't inter- throw as many interceptions. I mean there there's other guys that have it Derek Henry even who knows what if he puts it together for a whole year for once. Yeah I mean Derek Henry if the if the Titans decide that we're gonna we're just gonna feed that guy the ball three hundred and fifty times this year. There's no way he doesn't win another rushing title. So yeah, there's just too many. There's just too many guys that are po- poised. So the third bold prediction this Joker wrote, um, he's got uh, Sam Darnold uh, turning into a star year three. I'm just gonna let you know right now that Gangrene up there in uh, in New York, they don't even know what kind of team they have. So to to say that this guy is gonna turn into a star in his third year is just, I mean, he's just. He doesn't have anybody to throw yeah, to. Just, he's got no weapons. So to say that he, this is a, the year that he becomes a star is just, like, you know, puffing the magic dragon. Uh, you got Le'Veon Bell, who they don't know what to do with. They got Sam Darnold, who can't stay upright. Dude can't keep his face off of somebody else's face to prevent him from getting mono and not playing the damn sport for crying out loud. That's right. They can't be doing that with coronavirus nowadays. No, no. I mean, listen, they, they built the they built the offensive line, but he's just does they don't have the firepower and I don't think they've got the the direction, the clear direction for for that team yet. I could he be a star at some point? Yeah. I mean I think Sam Darnold's really good. I really do. I like the kid, but not a chance with the way the Jets are right now. Yeah, no, no, no way. I I actually think that the Jets are going to be the worst team in that division this year. But we're not oh. we're not on that division dive yet. We're not in any predictions yet. I just that's how, that's my feeling. Easily. Easily, yeah. So the the fourth one, this one really tickled my nutsack, right? So the coach of the year. So he's predicting two things in one here. Right. Mike McCarthy is going to be the coach of the year for the Cowboys in year one, and he's going to be the number one seed in the NFC with the Cowboys and get that first round by. I'm just going to tell you right now, they are not known as the Central Texas choke artist for nothing. Yeah. They, they have a quarterback who doesn't I... want to play for less than $40 million a year. So guess what? The Red Rockets <laughs> going to be the quarterback for the Cowboys at some point, and he is mediocre. <sighs> At best, he doesn't get you to be the number one seed. I'm just saying that right now. Um, 
You, get, you forgot you got an Andy Dalton fanboy on this podcast. That's, a, that's okay. This is not a slight to Andy Dalton. This is just the it fact really that sucks. it's not going to be a number one seed Dallas Cowboys in the NFC. It really sucks because I just love the fact that you bring in a veteran quarterback, you have the veteran that's poised and ready that could legitimately be a pretty good quarterback if he was in a better environment, in my opinion, and didn't have the stardom all on him. And I, I would love to cheer for it, but I kind of don't want it to happen because, quite frankly, if that means Andy Dalton's playing, yeah, the, the, the star in the helmet's going to overtake it all, but it really sucks because I like Andy Dalton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it really Like sucks. I said, this is not a slight against Andy Dalton with this bold prediction. There's just no way Even on still, God's green McCarthy. earth that the Cowboys are going to be the number one seed in the NFC and McCarthy's not going to be the coach of the year. That's just that's just McCarthy's the fact of life. McCarthy's super bold, but he choked some ways with himself as a head coach of the Packers. Yeah. It's not like he had, like, and, uh, you know, blemish-free resume that he's going to come in and it's all of a sudden be God's gift to the NFC. Like, no, dude. Yeah, no no way. I mean, listen, they they lost some key pieces, too, on, on defense. And besides Demarcus Lawrence rushing the passer, there's not a whole heck of a lot of else um, there when it comes to getting after the getting after the quarterback. I like their linebacker duo of J, uh, Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Der Esch. I think those are two young studs at linebacker, but – Two, two studs at linebacker aren't going to make you the top seed in the NFC. So that that's that. We don't have to get to those. We don't have to get too deep into those choke artists. We'll talk about them when we oh, get yeah. into the division. Uh, we'll have plenty. But, yeah. But that, that was his fourth bold prediction, and there's just no way in hell. Uh, the fifth one is also one where I was scratching my head because I, I see that he's saying the Seahawks are going to miss the playoffs. And I said to myself, well, they just expanded the playoffs from six teams to seven teams in each conference. You're telling me that the Seahawks are one, aren't one of the seventh best teams in the NFC right now with Russell Wilson at quarterback and the, the league's leading returning. Who calls the first ballot Hall of Famer already? Yeah, so, I mean, the fact that he's, like, in love with the quarterback, he loves the head coach, they had the league's top rushing offense last year, but, oh, they're going to miss the playoffs when you add one more team allowed to get in there? The math just doesn't add up on this bold prediction. You, I mean, the 49ers are in that division. Obviously, it's going to be tough. The Cardinals might be up and coming. I still think they're a year away from challenging. You know, the Rams are Jekyll and Hyde. I don't trust them as far as I can throw them. So, I mean, I don't, I just, I don't see how it adds up to where the Seahawks don't make the playoffs unless Russell Wilson doesn't doesn't play because of injury. Well, what I love is that he gives up all that praise, even calls Bobby Wagner a future Hall of Famer. Like, okay. Um, <clears throat> we're going to ignore that part of it. But, um, you know, he praises them. His reasoning behind where they stand in the NFC is where it's like a joke. San Francisco got even better. Okay, arguable, but all right, fair enough. Tampa Bay won the offseason because of Brady and Gronkowski. Uh, I mean, fair, but I don't think Gronkowski did as much as people think. It's really just Tom Brady. Let's be real. Saints, yeah, they'll still be good. No doubt about that. So even if he's right, they're still the fourth best team. They're still making the playoffs. Then you've got the Cowboys, who he thinks are God's gift. No, not happening. <laughs> and the Eagles. Yeah. Both upgrade the rosters. Where did the Eagles upgrade the I roster? Did I, I mean, miss listen, anything? when we reviewed the NFL Guys, draft. The Eagles upgraded it by getting a quarterback, yeah. okay? We we went through, <laughs> we went through their draft review. The and project they, quarterback? They okay. 
Yeah. I mean, okay. So even still, what were we at? We had San Francisco, Tampa, New Orleans, Cowboys, Eagles. They're still the sixth. He thinks the Cardinals are the Cinderella team. Not yet. Soon, but not yet. And then Aaron Rodgers is still Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, well, and he's not still Aaron Rodgers because they drafted Jordan Love, and we all know that 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 clock is ticking, right? Like I said, that bold prediction, the math just doesn't add up. Now, this this next bold prediction, number six, he's got Mahomes that's going to throw 51 (laughs) touchdown passes. Listen, he threw 50, and he had 5,000 yards, you know, in a, in a season, his first full year, they got him more weapons in in the passing game. I just I just don't know if if fifty touchdown passes is going to happen in the NFL anymore. I mean, it's a lot of freaking touchdown passes. If there's a guy that's going to do it, I mean, I would probably argue that Mahomes would be the guy to do it again. Yeah. But I just the the AFC West got better, so he's going to have six harder games than he's had in the past, in my opinion. Yeah. And I think teams are going to know how to play the pass a little bit better because of how much defense was drafted in this last year's draft. Yeah. Like, I, I, I agree. Man. I agree with what you guys are saying. I don't think this is completely far-fetched. It's just that that's a big, that's a big number, right? I mean... Well, he does say will throw 51. Technically, he's not saying what season, but... Well, no, he's saying this season. This, it's 2020 predictions. Yeah, this is, it's this, this is season. This year. So he, he's thinking he's, 51 touchdown he, passes for Mahomes this year, which if he does that, he's going to win the MVP. Yeah, but see, I mean, look, he threw 50 this past season. Like, to me, that, that it's not even like it's a bad prediction. That's just him playing it safe and throwing something yep. in there that might actually stick because the rest of it yep. sucked ass. Yeah, the, the bolder <laughs> prediction would have been that they would win 15 games to match the number on his jersey. Fair you one. Know? So, why should we get paid to do yeah, this? Listen, this this was uh like I said, this was an article that was ready to be ripped to shreds. the The seventh bold prediction he's got is uh, about a player that I love, who I do think is going to get back to being an elite player, but I don't yes. think he. So he says Juju Smith Schuster will dominate again this season. The reason why he's wrong about this is because of the quarterback situation in Pittsburgh. Yes. That that's why. It's it's Ben Roethlisberger who's old and doesn't have the same kind of game and then it's freaking Mason Rudolph or it's Duck Hodges behind him. There there's just no way to say that the quarterback play and chemistry is consistent enough for Juju to be an all-pro again. That's that's just the bottom line. It's not that Juju won't be a good player. He probably could still have Pro Bowl type of numbers and whatnot. But being being dominant like he was a few years ago, you got to remember he was also teamed up with a an All Pro in Antonio Brown and an All Pro with Le'Veon Bell when Juju had his big year. So he doesn't have that kind of supporting cast to take the pressure off him either. He is the guy. Yeah, that's a. Uh... Uh, it's again, I think that's almost kind of his like twofer in this thing of like, oh, let me throw something that kind of is safe in a way. If Ben Rosper stays healthy somehow, then yeah, there's a good chemistry between us two. Who knows what they're going to do? I just don't trust Roethlisberger. This is not anything against I, Juju. I mean, I when Keenan Allen I, retires, I want Juju to come back to L.A. and play for the Chargers. I mean... 
Yeah, I don't know. Ah. So it's it's not the worst prediction I've ever no, seen. It's just like I said, I don't no. I don't like it because I don't trust the quarterback situation in Pittsburgh. Now this next one though, you guys are definitely going to have an opinion on because Matt, this is this is your boy. This one is about Stafford leading the NFL in passing yards. Now you tell me if you think a team that spent an early round pick on a running back, you know, second round DeAndre Swift a couple years ago, they brought in on Johnson early for a one-two punch in the running back position. You tell me that team is looking to lead the NFL in passing? No way. Yeah, that's see, that's where I call the red like X on that one. I I'm weirdly I don't know why I'm like one of probably four people in the United States that likes Matthew Stafford as much as I do. You're just biased because he's a bulldog. Um, nope. It has nothing to do with it. We discussed this. He's really good. The problem is, is you're, like Steve, you hit it right on the nose. There is no signs that this team is going to be pass heavy. If anything, they're going to save Stafford because he still has a decent arm. Let's not overdo it since he's getting a little older. We got a great running back in Swift. Yeah, let's air it out 50 times a game. Okay. I just don't I, – I don't, I don't see how they're going to protect him because they didn't do anything to protect him. That's another good point. That's right. Yeah, they, they brought in <laughs> – They really brought good. weapons in. They didn't do anything to protect the guy. So what are they doing? Yeah, I mean the, – I mean, the weapons they've got aren't exactly guys that are going to like – they're not yard burners. Galladay, like, yeah, he's really good. Okay, but he's not a yard burner. Marvin Jones, he's decent. I'll give it to him, but no. Danny Amendola, like, he's still trying to resurface, I guess. I don't know. TJ Hawkins, he's not going to be light. He's not going to score. He's not going to be a, uh, you know, um, thousand yard tight end, if you ask me. So, no, no. you're not throwing for the lead in the NFL passing yards, Stafford. Sorry. Yep. Love you. No. So, the, the last one on this bold prediction, I would love if it were to happen, but there's just too many. There's just too many fan favorites, established type of guys. So he's got, he's got uh, Derwin James is going to win Defensive Player of the Year. If Derwin James wins Defensive Player of the Year, the Chargers are in the playoffs. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna say that. Well, but that's not wrong. But you know, you've got players like Aaron Donald. You know, obviously Gilmore won it last year. He's a stud at corner. Now, listen, if Derwin's healthy all year. There's no doubt in my mind he makes enough plays with just the style of play that he has of being able to do absolutely everything where it could happen. Um, but there's just there's just other guys that just get a little bit more of the notoriety. Like Aaron Donald, obviously Nick Nick Bosa could be could be a guy. Um, you know he mentions T.J. Watt. Um, I don't know about that one, but yeah. Gil, Gilmore at corner um, and even his AFC. Uh, counterpart, um, Tredavious White at corner for the Bills. I mean, those guys are studs. Um, so you never know. Usually, it's a it's a pass rusher or it's a guy that just makes you know makes impact plays by forcing turnovers. If if Derwin does that, then he certainly could be in the conversation for it. I just don't think that uh, those superstar guys that have that have won it you know, in the past, it's going to be tough to beat them just be off of name recognition. Yeah. I love Derwin James. I think he's really good, but I don't know that he would be the first guy I'd think of in a secondary to be a defensive player of the year. 
And I'm also not going to listen to Sheen because he's the one – he clearly states that he voted for Chandler Jones, so. Yeah, yeah. I, like, like I said, sorry. I, I would love, you, you, I would love it to happen. Why would you even put that in there? You discredit yourself. Like, why would you put that I in there? I don't know. Listen, there's a lot, lot – the, the article as a whole is crap. We we agree on that. That's why we're reviewing this. Understatement. That's why we're it's reviewing. The, it's it. the <laughs> biggest article of ass baggery since articles have been a thing. <laughs> I mean, listen, he's got the Patriots and the Giants as the two worst teams in the NFL. So they, yeah. there you go. That's high. I want I want whatever he's got yeah. because that's just that's right. got to be some good so, stuff. So uh, Adam Sheen, if you're if you're listening, this is no personal slight, but those yes, those bold predictions were, were crap. Um, no, no Adam Sheen, this is personal. You <laughs> suck. We and Alex are taking this personal. <laughs> it, it's so egregiously ridiculous. Well, that like, like I, I said, when I when I first read the article and I saw Patriots tank five and eleven, they're them and the Giants, two of the three worst teams. I stopped reading the article. I immediately thought of you guys, and I was like, "We're going to get this on the podcast." So thank God. And lo and behold, hopefully we entertained you enough. That's to, right. Uh, so listen now. Now what the fans of uh, of the NFC South want to hear the the division dive. We're going to cover the the Falcons and the Bucks and the Saints and the Panthers. Give our takes on uh, on these four teams and what should be a pretty interesting and competitive division. Uh, we're going to start with the uh, the Dirty Birds from the ATL. Um, where there's, you know, riots and all other kind of things that, uh, going on. But the, this team has um, an offensive line filled with all first-round picks. Um, mm-hmm. They certainly have invested heavily in their offensive line. They brought in Todd Gurley, who we'll see how he bounces back with some knee injuries. Uh, Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley, the one-two punch at wide receiver. Um, that's You can't argue with that. I would take that any day. This team has been cursed on defense. I feel like they've got good defensive players, but they've just been injured in the, the past couple of years. Keanu Neal at safety is a, is a stud out of Florida, but he's been injured. Deion Jones, their middle linebacker, is kind of a, a pass coverage ball hawk, but he's been injured. Uh, Grady Jarrett is a, is a stud, you know, uh, D-tackle, uh, up-the-middle type of rusher. Um, but this team, honestly, besides, besides that, they've been – uh, inconsistent on defense. They've been hurt on defense. Matt Ryan's not getting any younger. They're going to be a competitive team, in my opinion. I don't have expectations of them being a playoff contender. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll agree with you on it, man. I, I don't, I don't know what the deal is with them. I don't know if it's a coaching situation. I don't know. Dan if Quinn it's was a great a... defensive coordinator when he was in the swamp. Yeah, um, that's where it stopped. Exactly. I, 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 I really don't know because they always appear to have everything they need to be a success. I mean, God, they were in the Super Bowl for crying out loud. They had everything they needed to be a successful team, and they just can't put it together. And to me, that that's not player talent. To me, that's that's coaching. That's another level of just your guys aren't – they're not getting it. So when, Whatever you're trying to do, they're not on board with. Or there's just some – there's an underlying issue When's there. the last draw for Dan Quinn then? I mean, the guy got them to a Super Bowl, so that probably bought him an extra year or two than what, would you, what you would normally get. But, 
I, I, I kind of. I mean, it's got to be halfway through the season, maybe. I mean, I don't. I genuinely don't know. I feel like he's on thin ice, yeah. and he's been so close and then gone. Yeah, yeah. This this team is is tough to figure out because you look at it on paper and you say, "Hey, these are some nice names," and then they play football, and you're like, "Well, this is not this is not the kind of uh, season you would expect," you know. And and Matt Ryan is probably, yeah. you know, Matty Ice is probably one of the more under underrated or you know not so uh highly spoken of quarterbacks he's a good quarterback i think he was for a while though. yeah i mean he was he listen i mean when they had julio jones and roddy white going and they were chucking the ball all over the place i mean he's putting up numbers left and right but i feel like those days are kind of past yeah um which i think is really the only way that the falcons can elevate to any kind of contention is if Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, you know, just start putting up video game type numbers again. And I, I don't know. I don't know. They got it in them. Julio, I don't have any doubts about, but um, the rest of the team, uh, you know, it's just, like I said, the names look good. Um, they got to stay healthy. Cause that definitely has not happened for them, especially on defense. They've done everything you could in terms of, you know, building the offense, for Matt Ryan with, you know, all of the first round picks on the offensive line and wide receiver and, and whatnot. So it's not like they haven't tried the right tactics. Um, you know, Alex kind of rang the bell about it. There's got to be something on the sidelines that's making this not work. So, I mean, you got to look at it, right? They, uh, they, they make it to the Super Bowl, They do really well. And then the defense crumbles, which is obviously Dan Quinn's speciality, right? Kyle Shanahan leaves. And within two to three years, takes the 49ers almost all the way to the, you know what I mean? Like, it's a coaching thing. You lost one fundamental piece, and the Falcons haven't really done anything since then. That's right. There's that, I gotta remember, man. There's now you've got this, like, there's this odd, like, aura that's gonna be in Falcons facility for still. It's gonna, it takes time. Like, going to a Super Bowl and losing like they did, you don't just shake that off. Like, I don't know that any team would ever even get close to even sniffing a Super Bowl right after that, except notoriously maybe the Bills. Yeah. Like, it, it, you don't recover. So I think that's got a lot to do with it, too. Um, it is coaching. It's just like that's one of those weird sports things that just doesn't make sense, yeah. but it happens. Well, so we'll uh, we'll see how it shakes out for the Dirty Birds. Uh, we'll move on to uh, the Cardiac Cats. Um, they've got a brand-new head coach. Um They've got the highest paid running back in the league now with um, Christian McCaffrey, the do-everything do running back. The Panthers, to me, they've got like – they've got some players, but it doesn't seem like they've got everything that they need just yet. And obviously the quarterback situation is in transition now. Super Cam is out. Um, you know, fine China, Teddy Bridgewater is in. Um, so – who knows? Matt Rule's coming out of the Big 12 where, you know, he played uh, played defense at Baylor, but the a- NFC South is not the Big 12. Um, so they they got a steal in, uh, in the draft. I think they did a, a very good job in the draft, bringing in Derek Brown at defensive tackle, um, Gross Matos at defensive end. Uh, they, went, they went right after uh, what they felt was a, a need in terms of strengthening the defense. But uh, for me, I think that uh, w- without Christian McCaffrey, 
this team is going to struggle. Yeah. I'm going to make mine short and sweet because I know our uh, fellow colleague has got a lot of uh, takes on his team, apparently. Uh, I, I think they're just a couple of players or maybe a year away from hitting it. I just, I don't think they'll be quite in their stride yet, but I think they're getting there. And I actually think as much as I think Cam Newton was an amazing athlete at times, I think shaking him, um, they're in a transition right now to get that next quarterback. And I think that's going to help them, but not yet. Not under Teddy. No disrespect though. I do like Bridgewater, but fire away, Alex. So you guys have heard me say it a hundred times, say it a hundred more. They are going to be the worst team <laughs> in the NFL. I do not care what anybody else says. I don't care what anybody else thinks. Uh, it's not a grudge because of the coach they got. It's not how they handled the Cam Newton situation. It's not that they have the best, or excuse me, one of the best running backs in the NFL. I just don't see them going anywhere or doing anything. Like I said before, they are running out of fundamental time, which the Giants are doing as well, and so are the other teams with first-year head coaches. But they're running out of fundamental time. They went and got a, a quarterback from the XFL, which is, I mean, great, you know, but you, you went and got Teddy Bridgewater, and then you go and get this kid from the XFL who played for Houston, and he's the same player. So you either don't have enough confidence in the abilities of Teddy Bridgewater, even though you gave him a pretty decent deal for somebody just coming back to be a starting quarterback for the first time forever. Or or you don't think he's going to stay healthy. And instead of jeopardizing your continuity of your team, you have somebody that you can just plug in and they'll still fire away. Smart. I think it's smart. It's a smart move, right? It's something you would hope a freaking head coach would have the mental capacity to do. However, they are still not getting the time they need with all of these new pieces and all the new timing and everything that they need to figure out, including the transition from the XFL to the NFL, which is going to be a a first-time thing for us to see. They're not going to get it clicking. They've got much tougher competition in their league. They've got a very tough schedule throughout the entire year. They're they're, They're drafting number one overall next year, and I wouldn't be surprised if they go with freaking sunshine, they're going to take Trevor Lawrence. He'll go from South Carolina right up the road to North Carolina. And then you're, there you yep. go. That's my bold prediction. There you go. Panthers. I actually, for, I actually forgot that Kyle Allen is on the team anymore. <laughs> Listen, Kyle, Kyle Allen won games last year because Christian McCaffrey carried the team. Yeah, but okay. Let's say Kyle Allen's still there. I would honestly have to do a hard argument against the Panthers being that bad. I think they'd be decent, but being in this division is not going to make it easy for them either. Oh, they're going to get steamrolled. I don't think they're going to be the worst team in the NFL like fellow uh, Alex here does. I don't think they're going to be good by any They're going to be the worst. They're going to pick number one. There you go. So so we already already know that. Alex has got them picking one and taking Trevor Lawrence. So there you go. Now, a team that is probably – you know what? You know what's funny? We're going to talk about the – the New Orleans Saints right now. And we're going to talk about how on paper, they probably have one of the more talented teams in the NFL, but it's probably going to be the most talented team. That's also the most divisive team in the NFL. Um, You know, they got, they've got Alex's all time quarterback. Who's going to be a hall of famer and drew Brees. 
And then they've got a bunch of guys who, football aside, don't necessarily see eye to eye with, uh, you know, social uh, beliefs. So Breeze was yeah. Breeze had an interview. He said, you know, about kneeling for the flag that you know he doesn't he doesn't see it and sees it as a way of disrespecting our country and and everything like that. And of course, he's got teammates who you know because of what's going on right now with you know inequality and 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 racial issues who uh they everybody's got their opinion about this right and we're not uh we're not going to use our our football podcast platform to to get into really sensitive topics but needless to say he said something his teammates didn't like Obviously, there was a ripple effect throughout the sports world, and other people ripping Drew Brees for what he said. Which I don't have a I don't have any problem for what the guy said. Um, that's just that's just my opinion. Um, but it's obviously going to cause some disconnect in the locker room when it comes to hey, these guys got to put on pads and helmets and go to war together on on Sundays and win football games. And if you're if you're not in it for the for the right reasons and the same reasons as the guys lining up next to you, there's just no way you can expect the kind of, you know, elite performance that is required to win. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a shame. Um, uh, this team's super talented. I mean, Breeze, Kamara, uh, Michael Thomas, they bring in Emmanuel Sanders. They've got Jared Cook at tight end. Josh Hill, and my- who's a quarterback, but he's really not. He plays tight end. The offensive line is good. Alex's cousin is going to be the starting right guard. I mean, the, yep. the defense has got playmakers all over it with Lattimore and Jenkins and Marcus Williams and Anzalone. And I mean, this team is stacked and, and, and should be an NFC favorite to go to the Super Bowl. But because of what's going on outside in the world today, it's yeah. tough to get people to – be united um, in one effort going the same direction when they don't see eye to eye on the reasons for going that direction. Yeah, it's um, like, like Steve said, you know, I'm not really here to use our podcast as a platform. It's not, I don't think appropriate in my opinion. Um, I will say that I do feel similar with Steve. I don't think he was completely wrong in what he said. He probably maybe should have thought about it. Uh, for anybody that cares to look into it, you know, there's it's well published. Uh, we're not going to delve deep into it. But it definitely could be a situation where we see a really divided team. Um, and it is kind of a shame uh, just what New Orleans as a city has gone through, um, that now they may be a really divided team. Let's see. Hopefully, it doesn't create a ripple effect in the NFL as a whole with other guys making comments to stay that they like Breeze or whatever. So, hopefully, it doesn't have an issue. Um, but, yeah, Saints-wise, uh, football, you know, on the gridiron between the sidelines, yeah, they may arguably be actually the most talented team in the NFL. Um, I reached out to a buddy of mine that I work with. He is a diehard Saints fan, like to a fault almost, but sensible. Um, and what he kind of got out of their offseason that I'm going to go ahead and not read in its entirety, 
because my boy definitely went pretty hard and pretty deep on this. <laughs> um, but my boy Ben, good notes. He, he'll, he'll, he will be listening, I'm sure. Um, he, the two things I want to point out that I think are really key, um, in my opinion, that I had to agree with, is the yeah. fact that they drafted Ruiz, you know, uh, Alex's cousin. Really going to go ahead and probably plug in at guard or center right out of the gate. And I agree with Ben in this, saying that they may be a top five unit on the line. Very possible. Um, and then I really, really, really like the idea um, that I, I like Zach Bond a lot. And I think that he could fight for starting role. I agree with Ben on that. He says that and adds some really good depth to a linebacking court that isn't very historically healthy. Um, and what's the thing that the Char- Saints have always done? Choke things away because of the defenses couldn't hold on. And I think you're going to see a different defense this year. And if we're talking only football, I don't see how there's any chance of even the Tom Brady Bucks, who I will be pulling for, unfortunately, beating the Saints in the division. Don't see it. Yeah, the, the Saints are going to be a, a tough, a tough team to play if their if their focus is is all together. Yeah. So. Again, controversial topic, very, very sensitive thing to talk about, especially with everything going on. I am actually, I disagree with both of you guys. Um, not that he said it. I, 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 you know what I mean? I, I don't have an issue with what he said, mm-hmm. but I do have an issue with his reasoning behind it, only because that's not what this issue is about. It's, it's not what it's been about. Um, I'll openly admit that I was ignorant when it took place and when Kaepernick did what he did um, because I'm a military veteran. So to me, I took it a little bit more personally without opening my eyes and viewing what the hell was going on around the world. Um, So, you know, with that being said, and we're talking about just pure talent in the division, I think there's going to be a rift. Um, They do have one of the more talented teams in the NFL. I, I won't deny that. Uh, the most talented, I'll say no. I, I think Baltimore takes the cake with that one still. Um, however, I do think that his comments, you know, again, he's 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 privy to his own opinion. Um, not everybody's going to agree with it. I'm I'm one that doesn't uh, because that's not what yeah. the social issue is about right now. Um, I think that there they. They might have to do some public damage control, to be honest. Um, I don't know that they're going to. They're definitely going to have to. They're definitely going to have to put this fire out in house. It's not going away, though. And that's the problem is, you know, even if they make nice and even if like, I don't know, like, you know, Malcolm Jenkins hugs Drew Brees on live TV. This is still, unfortunately, we know how these things play out. It's going to be. Well, yeah, I mean, let's face it. Until, until real change, until real change happens, you know, in well, the world, especially that. Yeah, you know, I mean, let's um, let's face it. People are always going to be. Yeah. People are always still going to have. They're they're going to be divisive until you know solutions come about. So, yep. it, it, listen, man, it's it's ugly what we're going through. I mean, you got you got the social stuff happening on top of the COVID stuff that's been happening. Yeah. Plus, it's about to be fucking hurricane season soon. I mean, if Florida gets hit with a Cat 5, I mean, 20, 2020 has just bent us over and <laughs> stuffed it in us this year, man. I mean, 
It's been not even six full months, and not only Florida and the United States, just the world is just taking it, man. It's, um, it's been rough, especially for us, because we haven't handled the COVID thing the best. We haven't handled, obviously, no. how we take care of our own citizens here in the quote-unquote free world the best. Um, you know, yeah. I mean, it's, it's been rough. Sports, is, to me, has always been a unique unifier of people because it's something where you can escape reality and come together for something so childish as a game. Um, but it's so powerful at the same time. But then again, it doesn't exactly solve the problems when you go back into the real world. But it's still an important component of, of our society. Yeah. Um, with, that, with that said, uh, like I said, we don't want to shift focus on what we're trying to do here and discuss for our listeners. Uh, the, the Saints are going to be interesting to see how they, how they uh, handle this PR fiasco uh, moving forward. You know, the NFL is, is 99 days away from kicking off the football. Um, so they got 99 days to figure this shit out and put a team that should be expected to compete for a Super Bowl this year on the field. Um, that's, that's, my, that's my take on it. Drew Brees obviously came back because he still thinks he can hum that tater 150 times to Michael Thomas. So we'll see. I expect Alvin Kamara to have a bounce back year he he kind of struggled a little bit last year um i think he's gonna have a bounce back year and they're gonna need to because guess what there's a new sheriff in town down in the strip club capital of the world in tampa florida because (laughs) brady um has decided that he's gonna leave the comfy confines of foxborough mass and uh and head head down to um tampa and in the retirement. Yeah, what, well, listen, you what, retire with a lot of money, and you go to all the strip clubs, right? That's what you do down there. Um, you can go, you can no, go bro, watch yeah. the Rays, um, you know, play baseball. If that ever happens, um, their beers are still only $4. They get about 3,000 fans a game. You can sit wherever the hell you want. Um, let's face it. Everybody goes to Tampa to watch the Yankees during spring training. But anyway, um, so you got you got Brady here with the Bucks. Um Obviously, they've got a dynamic duo at wide receiver with Evans and Godwin. It, it probably could be the best one-two receiver group in the NFL um, oh, right now. It, 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 that would be that would be a debate that I would certainly uh, would have. There's others other duos out there, but these these two with Evans and Godwin, um, with Brady Hummond to tater to them, they are liter- they are going to be the duo of the yeah, NFL. Yeah, that no is my. And, and this team, I mean, they've got they they've built it for Brady's style. He's got receivers who can yep. go down the field. They've got two tight end sets now. They've built the offensive line. Um, you know, they've got they've got some Running great uh, diverse linebackers that can do all sorts of things with Shaq Barrett, Levante David, and Devin White. I mean, that's a trio of linebackers right there that can do it all. They can run the passer. They can play the run. They can play. They can play the pass. This team. This team. This team is going to be a good football team. I don't know if it's all going to come together right away, or if it's all going to come together, you know, in fairy tale land, and they and they win the division. But they're going to be a good team. That's that's what I think. Uh, Brady is not um, over over the hill yet. I, I will be interested to see though how the running game is used because 
like Ronald Jones is there and Peyton Barber, but like I feel like the Bucks have just had like no presence of a solid running game for a long time now. And I could I could be wrong, but like I mean, when was the last time you looked at Tampa and said, "Yeah, you got to be able to stop their running game." Weird because I was thinking about that too when we were pre- when I was prepping for this. Um, they really haven't, but they've always seemingly had like just enough to not like not be able to pass the ball. Like they don't have a running game that's liable to the point where it's only pass. It's weird. It makes no sense. They're like the only team that's gotten away with yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, um, and they've like I said, they they tried in the past. I mean, they took Cadillac Williams in the first round at running back, and they tried with him. It didn't work out. I mean. You got to go back to Warwick Dunn, Mike Allstott days when this team was really elite running the football. Now it's just we sprinkle it yeah. in, but let's face it, this is a this is an air it out football team that's probably going to run, you know, two wide receivers, two tight ends, a single back, uh, and Brady's going to do what Brady does. Yes, he is. I mean, I don't. It doesn't really matter to me either. Way. No, Alex loves that. I, I don't have a problem with with Brady. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't think they're going to be as good <laughs> as everybody thinks they are. And I, I'm I'm not saying that to doubt you know Brady's talent by any means. I just don't think that they're going to come in and immediately start challenging the division. I mean, yeah, they've got some talent. And they they have the ability to do some things. But again, I. I genuinely don't think that they're going to come through and be like a 13 and three team. I just, I don't see it happening. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't see that either. I, I think yeah. there's going to take, there's going to you know take, I mean, he signed a, what was it? A, a, a two for, year deal. Sure. Uh, you know, you got somebody... So, you know, if, again, I, yeah, I just don't, years. I don't see them clicking. Like everybody is hoping and praying that they're going to click. I just, well, and it may take time for them to click, and it, and at that point, it, it like they could be battling, you know, just for a playoff spot for for certain. But they this is not a team that, like you said, is going to win thirteen games and be the top seed in the NFC. I, I don't see that happening just because there's there's still too much to to have to you know come together and, and figure out with with everybody you know it's i mean brady hasn't thrown a pass for anybody besides the patriots and the michigan wolverines in his entire life yeah so uh, you know so i mean we gotta we gotta see how that's gonna work he's got all the tools to make him successful in terms of you know his teammates around him um i i could see them like i said i think they're gonna be a good team um, if they do figure it out in enough time, they could certainly push to be a playoff team. I would not, I would not doubt that. Uh, not that we're doing any predictions on this, on this division yet, except for Carolina. Carolina first, first overall, of course. Trevor Lawrence. Um, but there you go, Trevor. Trevor Lawrence. There you go. So, um, and and if on and we'll get into, we're going to get into college football a little bit more um, later on in the podcast and everything, if and when it ever happens. But. Uh, if it if it goes too late, you know, guys like Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields may as well just freaking sit it out, wait for the draft next year. But we'll get into that as a whole nother topic on a different on a yeah. different uh, segment. But oh yeah, oh yeah, it's gonna be great. Um, we'll we'll be spitting <laughs> some hot fire when it comes to that. So we we got into some good stuff tonight, boys. Uh, obviously, with the all time team build continuing, uh, 
ripping up Adam Shine's uh, 2020 bold predictions uh, where he's got the collapse of the Patriots and the Giants being one of the worst teams in the NFL. Um, and then we obviously got into the NFC South, um, which I think is going to be a very competitive division. Uh, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talent um, on, on these teams. So I think it's going to be a competitive division, um, but there's obviously, as we tend to agree, there's an elite team we think in this division if they can uh, if they can come together. So we've got we've got some good some good content that hopefully our listeners uh, enjoyed. Next week we'll get into more of our all time team build. We'll look at the wide receivers. We'll stay in the South and we'll we'll turn it over to the AFC South. So our local our local listeners will uh, we'll get to talk about the Jaguars next week as well as the rest of the division, which um, definitely is going to be um, an interesting division this year. I don't know if there's an elite team in the division, but we'll get into that with the AFC South uh, next week. So um, boys, we, we had a good one tonight. Appreciate the, uh, the work and the thought as always. Um, and hopefully for our, our listeners, you, uh, you enjoyed uh, this, this episode. Um, of Pound the Pigskin, where it's all football all the time. We're here to entertain. Um, you know, give us a like and a follow on our Facebook page, um, and we'll certainly keep bringing the uh, the football content to you. So, um, boys, another yeah, another good show yeah, tonight. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it, boys. And uh, keep uh, if you guys like it, keep liking, sharing, and we'll keep uh, giving you our. Weirdly interesting hot That's takes. right. So uh, we we appreciate it, and uh, we'll catch everybody next week on a, on another episode. Of Pound Thank you, guys. Again.